You can call her mayhem or mayday. Talk shit, she at your head. I ain't talking bald face. She don't fuck with baby daddies. Fucking up the funk sway. Taking care of four kids. Sunday to Sunday. Fly her and round trips when she hit the runway. Comedy original. She do shit her own way. Made the stage her place. Moving at her own pace. Fuck with her the wrong way. It's gonna be a long day. She was basketball wives loving hip hop too. Born in 81. One day four turned to 82. Funny ratchet and Mayday Mayhem, and we have a very special guest with us today. <laughs> As y'all been seeing us doing hand gestures, you know, throughout, you know, we just saw my other host over here, the beautiful Miss Mary Crew Angel. Hey, y'all. She said, hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. And we have our very special guest, um, a first-time author. She sold out uh, within how long? What? Three weeks? Three weeks. Yeah, I like I tried to buy old girls, um, you know, her the book, and they told me no, but girl, it's on back order. Well, let you know when we get it. We have your money. Don't worry. 
it'll get here. Please give it up for, again, my good friend, first-time author, Miss Monique Folks. Yes, Miss Monique. And she is the author of the book called Nowhere to Call Home. Now, hmm. I, I know about the book. <laughs> Mary knew about the book. I, I definitely know about the book. Oh, yeah. We trying to make sure you know about the book now. Mm -hmm. So, uh, let's talk about this book. <laughs> <laughs> One sec. Okay. Okay. Look, this is a free space, y'all. Let me get a drink. Let me get a drink. Let me get a drink. But yeah, let's go. Now, uh, Monique, in this book, um, it's a lot to digest. I know. Um, again, this book talks about um, abuse in the DCFS system and the foster care system and how children are abused and again taken advantage of for resources of money or just out of pure spite and evil and how you do have people that do come along and want to promote and help the foster care system and are good parents and are really good people mm -hmm. so we also talk about that in this book so why don't you give us a little bit more because Camille is the main the main character of the book, <laughs> like Camille. So, you know, let's let's talk about Camille. So, oh, I, I was trying to look at the questions because it is an open forum. Yes, it's an open it's forum. Open. If you so, have any questions, please send them in. Please. <laughs> please send them in. But it talks about um, Camille first. Um, she first gets molested at eight years old. Um mm -hmm. Her mom does not believe her. Um, she gets beat for that. Um, how abusive it was in the household and how um, I had to run away, be homeless, live in the street, um, be hungry in order for the state to take me out of the household and then go to foster homes who tried to kill me. Mm -hmm. um, and then trying to find myself after that, trying to find life after that, trying to find love after that, trying to raise my kids after that, just learning who I was after that, because you're lost, right? So Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and you talk about that uh, very vividly in your book, yeah. and that's what I admire about it, because, again, this is a subject that's not widely spoken about, no. and it's like a hushed situation, mm -hmm. especially in the black community. Right. Let's, let's keep it 100. Right. It, it's, it's a hush-hush thing. We don't talk about it. We don't speak on it. It's like, we don't talk, you know, don't let Uncle Joe around the kids. Well, right. Why not? Well, <laughs> he ain't right in the head. You know, instead of saying like, no, he needs to be in jail somewhere. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a protection it's thing. Even also. with you saying it the way that you just said, you see what I'm saying? a problem with phrasing. No, he needs to be in jail somewhere, but you can't say that he's walking around and have molested for your cousin. Exactly. And, and that's, that's why and that's can't. why this gets really, really deep yeah. and mm -hmm. it gets really, really dark. Um, right. We were having a conversation this, and it's hard to take a conversation like this that is about um, your, say, for instance, your story. And I, I want to ask you something about something I just heard you say, but it's very easy to try to minimize how serious of a situation it is mm -hmm. when you have someone that can have trouble in their home where they're being beat by a mother 
mm-hmm. before the, and the mother gets married. And now that stepfather is raping the child. Right. Mm-hmm. And now the child is running away and you see kids on the streets. And now you want to take them off the streets, put them in a foster care home. Mm-hmm. And then that's even worse. Right. Yes. So just like you just explained, in a very general account, and like you said, it gets so <laughs> layered. It's layers, layers. layers. Yeah. Now you had mentioned Camille, you started off saying that Camille had experienced this and then you used the word I. So can you explain (laughs) to me Camille and the use of the name Camille, understanding that you are making account of your story? Well, I think like in memoirs, people get tired of reading them. They don't really want to Mm -hmm. read about a person unless it's a, a famous person. So yeah. I tried to make it a, another person just basically telling my story. Mm-hmm. Does that make it easier for you? It does. Okay. Yeah. All right. So in that making it easier for yourself to tell your story as if you were another person, would you say, because I know that there's so much to cover in this book and there's mm-hmm. a lot of things that I had noticed, would you say that there is somewhat of a form of dissociation that has to happen in order to cope with a lot of things that you've been through and how does that show up how does that show up as a child how does it, how does that show up going growing into an adult <laughs> um <laughs> how i am right now okay um if you have to like just stand outside and <coughs> just look, it's like an out of body experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, you have to have this out of body experience just to cope because there's so many people coming at you. You're lying uh, all the time. Monique do too much. Um, she she wants attention. Um, and all and, of that. And these were having having read the book. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to you say these things, but these very things <coughs> are some of the things that you heard when you first spoke up oh, about yeah. some of the first things that you've encountered. Well, she uh, when I did bring when I first brought it to my mother, she took me to a prophet. <laughs> and mm. <laughs> so you know, in our community, I think they let churches take over right or wrong in the household. So just because this prophet said, you know, she's lying, um, don't believe her. She thought that that was it. That was all. We don't need to go to the doctor. I don't need to get my daughter checked out. None of that. And I think they, I got beat for 25, 30 minutes. Literally. <laughs> and this is after coming home from which your mom felt like my child just told me this horrendous yeah. story. Yeah. Let's go talk to the prophet. Yeah. And then the prophet said she's lying. Yeah. Because she's supposed to see everything. Because God told her I was lying. Because God told her that a child, how old were you at the time? Was eight, it eight years yeah. old? God told her that a child that was eight years old was lying about her first sex offender. Yeah. Okay. So much to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to recommend right now because with what you've endured and how you've invited us in on the conversation with the book Nowhere to Call Home, mm-hmm. I recommend right now, and currently it is sold out after just only three weeks yeah. since it's yeah. released. Absolutely. But we're not going to be able to dive into everything that's in this book. So I'm just going to keep reiterating this. You guys, Nowhere to Call Home is a book that you want to read. Mm-hmm. Um, it's recommended for 18 and over. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> 
But we feel that a, a teenager, what, 15? 15, 15 I say 15. I would say, I would even maybe sometimes go as 14 because, again, like you know, I would be talking. 14 year old, you're yeah, because you have, yeah. you have some of these kids that are going through this mm-hmm. at home. And again, like in your book, the teacher called DCFS. Yeah. And they told them that they were coming and they cleaned you up, even though you had a blister oh, yeah. on your face yeah. and they allowed you to stay. Mm-hmm. And and you were still so polite. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Can I get your glass? And it was a water? fresh blister. It was hand. fresh. And you told that you, you fell off a bike. And it's like, you know, it's like, again, like the battered women syndrome where, oh, I just ran into a doorknob. You know, mm-hmm. it's come so, so like natural that you're protecting the person that's harming you. But again, you don't have a choice because that's your mom. Right. You don't know what else to do. That's your mom. Right. So... What made you write this? Exactly. Um, I think that a lot of stuff is hidden about uh, what happens to little girls. I think that when um, girls are subjected to um, molestation or whatever they're subjected to at such a young age and they start acting out when they're teenagers, that um, the world looks at them differently. And I experienced that a lot. Different like how? She's fast. Um, She's out there. Um, don't be around her. She's homeless. She's sleeping with everybody. You and, know. And what would acting out? What? Okay. So, what would acting out look like if if one person could assume that oh this person is just fast and and she sleeps with everyone? What would acting out really look like? What are the signs that one could tell? What What are we looking for when we look for a child that may be enduring? A level of abuse or molestation or rape, neglect, um, going, being uh, malnutrition. Like, what what are the signs that we're looking for? Because you said, oh, she's fast, but there were accounts when you didn't, you weren't even able to take a shower. You were in the same clothes for exactly. days and days out. Exactly. And what that looked like with you walking on the street yeah. and being offered money to yes. do sexual acts. Yeah. You weren't in what would be considered fast clothes. No. no. You were you were on purpose <laughs> placed in I read your book. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I noticed. Read, read. I'm like, you're pointing out everything. I read yeah. your book. And that I'm not even like scraping the surface. You guys wow. read this and book is very powerful. And I also want to piggyback on that because what are the signs? I'm thinking, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Because even in your book, you spoke about um, you wore your mother's dress to school. Yeah. I would think that probably was a sign that something was wrong because she wanted to, she's dressing over-sexualized right. and she didn't know it. You know, she didn't understand. She just wanted to look pretty like mom. You know, she didn't know. But I didn't And this was after days of not wearing anything that made you feel like. I think this was before mm-hmm. um, because I didn't really start running running until she got married mm-hmm. actually so yeah. right mm-hmm. so okay so let's let's backtrack this a little bit tell us how we can instead of accusing a child of being one way actually pick up signs of there's something actually wrong what what would be the signs that we would see in a child they smoke a lot mm-hmm. um drinking a lot because of course you're trying to mask the pain mm-hmm. right absolutely so um 
changing boyfriends because you, you just can't settle down. Mm-hmm. Um, just the way they dress. Always outside. Never want to go home because I never yeah, want to go home. home. Yeah, right. That's, right. That's, a That's a big one. That's a big one. And they're always outside. And always outside. Even outside with cold. friends. In a car with friends. Anywhere. Trying yeah. to spend a night at a friend's house. Mm. They never go home. That's that's the biggest thing. They never want to go home. Because mm. why would you? Why would you want to go home? Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Oh, and you said smoking, you said drinking. Now, today, smoking and drinking, which is super celebrated in the music, and it's it's actually cool to be in dresses and stuff when you have songs like WAP, say, for instance, mm-hmm. where you oh, have right. music that's over <laughs> Like, basically, you know, you'll, you'll pussy is power type of mentality, yeah. right? <clears throat> and it's celebrated on a whole other level. Like, you had your little Kim's. Yeah, yeah. Um, before then, you had I don't know who was who was you pin in the seventies or you know like like there was always a bombshell. There was always a bombshell. Why you laugh at me like? (laughs) But you always had some level of the media that was pushing. Um, the sexuality of women, yes. whether it was being done a lot, like in the 90s, a lot of the guys were doing it. That's when you really started to see the women dancing in the videos. Mm-hmm. But now it's the women doing it even more. So when you have that type of influence in society today, <laughs> you may come from a gray home, not having any other issues and still walking out the house smoking because it's celebrated, drinking because it's celebrated, mm-hmm. celebrated putting on, you know, because we live in a different area. Because we, so how do you then differentiate? Right. I would just say they never want to go home. <laughs> really pay attention to <laughs> the fact that they never, they want, never to. want to go home. So this memoir, this is called a memoir, that you've written, it shows a pattern of first leaving your home then an emergency, what, what was the term, emergency, um, like you had to, it, it was an emergency oh, shelter, emergency shelter, mm-hmm. where someone is like, okay, we got to put this, put this child, yeah. and so now you're in the hands of foster care, mm-hmm. and then you're back at the home, yeah. and then foster, so in this pattern of going back and forth, explain to us what was DCFS hand in that? Right. Like in that bridge point of you going from home to foster care, from home to foster care. Well, I had to like literally stay in the street <clears throat> because they wouldn't take me. So I, I was like, Who's okay, DCFS. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm literally going to die. Um, so I just walked the street and, um, I was staying, I was in a hospital at the time. I was walk. I roamed the hospital for like two weeks straight. And the security guard used to feed me every day, bring me Tupperware bowls. And um, I was just walk up and down. And then the nurse noticed that I had the same clothes on every day. So she called DCFS. Um, and I thought that they would take me back home because mm. literally they wouldn't <clears> take me in the first place. So I ran to the bus station doing the same thing. Another person was feeding me every day. His wife was making me like big, Tupperware bowls of food. Um, Do you think they were aware? I think he was. Okay. Yeah, I, he had to know. They had to know. Yeah, and it uh, was just hard to make me food every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I snuck on a bus to uh, Milwaukee. I forgot where mm-hmm. I went, and uh, they called my mom and told her that I was already gone for maybe three, four weeks. 
I was gone for a long time. And um, wow, how old were you at this time? Ten. And DCFS would not take you. They took me then because she said she didn't want me. But before that, they, they would. would not. And no. you were ten, under ten. Yeah, ten years old. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> On the bus, eating <laughs> from hand to mouth. Hand to mouth. <clears throat> On your own for about Week. four weeks. Yeah, it was a while. Ten years old on the street. Ten four 11, weeks. Ten, 11, Anybody, yeah, yeah, can just snatch. You think about your average ten, ten year. You're in what grade at ten? I don't remember. I'm off on, <laughs> I may be off on some of the timelines because I'm just trying to yeah, think about little cousins because, or little. Like but it was around that time because I didn't second. get admitted into the group home until I was eleven. So everything else happened under the age of 11, 11, 12. So going down. So I was very young. Oh, wow. So Running even when away you from home, yeah. when you went to the horses, because the horses played a pivotal point. Because that was when I was ran to Milwaukee. Okay. Because the horses, like, again, in that book, it played a very pivotal point because you went back to a bad place and you said the horses took you to a serene place, a yeah. calm place. Yeah. Okay, a quiet place. So just because our our your our our audience members, our listeners, mm -hmm. has not read this yet, which y'all need to read it. Right? It's <laughs> called Nowhere to Call Home, and you're getting a very abbreviated storyline from our author Monique here today. But let's catch them up briefly because we just jumped the horses, which is one of my favorite right because your story. Was, that's mine too. You so. Know. Real, really quickly here, as, as as precise as we can possibly be for the viewers mm -hmm. and the listeners. What made you run away from home in the first place? Um, the beatings were just so bad, and, and these beatings were from my mom. Mm. Okay, <clears throat> they were bad, and yeah. uh, the molestation and rape from her husband was horrible. And then I was getting raped from her babysitter from when I was like eight mm -hmm. for a while. Okay. Um, so just all of that, it was just like, I, I just couldn't stay home. And so now the first foster foster home that you live in had horses involved. Yeah. Tell us about that. Um, I went there with husband and wife. So I, I know I went in their house so angry and um, I didn't want to talk. They took me in the room. She tried to cook. She cooked this really big meal. And um, I stayed upstairs and I didn't eat. So I came down for breakfast. I still didn't eat. And her husband was like, um, he came and he sat and he was just like, it's okay. And I know I jumped away from him. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you ready to touch could be uncomfortable. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay, we have another male. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> I would have been afraid too. Like, oh God, like, yeah. because of. The situations yeah, you, you've been in, like yeah, you, I yeah. would have been afraid of males also. So he's like, you know, come with me, and I'll never forget. I peed myself, mm -hmm. and so he just looked like, <laughs> go change your clothes and let's go. And um, I met him in a truck, and we, the barn wasn't far, so we drove to the barn. And I'm like, by yourself with him? Yeah. So mm -hmm. I'm in the car the whole time. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> okay, what's about to happen? And um, he drives me to the barn, and all these horses are in there. So. Um, I don't. I don't think I've ever seen a horse because we, we never got to go on like outings to see horses mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. I'm like, why is he? Why are we in a barn? And he gives me this brush and he's like, um, you know, he tells me the horse's name and he's like, you know, you need to brush this horse um, mm -hmm. until you're no longer angry. Just let it all out. 
just brush them. And I'm like, what? Like, right. <laughs> and, 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 and you know, that's scary because it's like, they're huge. It's an act of kindness, too, in yeah. the same sense. Like, you want me to, you want me to what? Brush yeah. a horse? Like, I'm thinking about the fact that you're a very young child. Exactly. About what? Yay high. Yeah. yeah. And you have this huge animal, yeah. this man that you barely know, yeah. telling you to brush a horse. Yeah. I can only imagine where well, your head. Because yeah. <laughs> these these are some huge beings. I love horses, but at the same time, I'm afraid every single time I'm in the presence <laughs> of one. <laughs> so it's like just the picture of that is like, wow, that must have been a... Yeah one of those outer body experiences for you. Yeah, he left me there. <laughs> and he left you there. He closed the door yep. and off. said and drove off like, and left you have at it. Yeah. And you did. Yeah. And you did. Mm-hmm. And it helped you. Yeah. You brushed why, until you till this day. Yeah, I was in there screaming and everything and I think they were <laughs> it probably hurt. Yeah, they were like, going crazy I and then I like, kind of okay. spooked them a little bit. Like, oh. <laughs> like this little girl's in here screaming, but they didn't spook too much. I think they realized that I was a child. So, right. They knew. Yeah. So the horses, okay. Horses are kindred spirits. Yeah, they they are. Kindred no. spirits and then the idea of becoming this horse whisperer, like these horses became your friends yeah. and mm-hmm. you had a bond. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So was did this become routine, like a daily routine yeah. for you? Yeah. Okay. So I've had an experience with horses, horse therapy, and I've been in an arena where people will come and paint the horses just for relaxation. Mm-hmm. And so I know that horses and horse therapy, it's it's a real thing. Oh, yeah, Animals, yeah. a lot of <laughs> animal therapy is a real animal thing. therapy is a yeah. real thing. So I love that I saw that and that you were introduced to that as a child. Amazing. Then the story turns. Yeah. And that was your safe place. And yeah. That was literally your safe place. Yeah. I loved it there. I and I'm thinking about when I first um cleaned the barn and mm-hmm. I literally was shoveling caca. <laughs> and I was like, do for y'all out there. Listening. But it was so <laughs> relaxing. It was so relaxing. Yeah. I was like, ain't this about a I said, I'm over here like metaphorically, like I'm cleaning up. Mm-hmm. But metaphorically it's like I'm cleaning up in my life as well. And it was just that. Yeah. And you were happy just shoveling it. And, and some stinky SHIT. Happy when there's stinky SHIT going around. <laughs> yes. And that's a metaphor for life, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you small mm-hmm. and got big things happening and you brushing that. Yeah. He, he probably that saved my life. The hurt, that, that's the, what I was going to ask yeah, you. Like, I think he did. Do you think that helped save your life and yeah, your he sanity? And then the story turns. Turns. Yeah. Because you got picked up by DCFS. Yeah, for some reason, I think they. So DCFS has a problem with. Um, they give the mother time to get herself together. So the mother can say, I stopped drinking, I stopped smoking, I want my kid back. And how long is that supposed to take exactly uh, if you were only there for how long? Three weeks. Three you were there for three weeks and she got herself together. Yeah, I don't know what she did, but or she said, I want my daughter back, but they're like, um, they are firm believers of keeping a family together. Yeah, they're firm believers yeah. of not separating Stay with your mom. the mother from yeah. the parent, even though the mother will do harm and will they give them classes yeah. over and over yeah. and over classes like you have to take parenting classes on how to properly chastise your children yeah. you don't storm into a wall or anything mm-hmm. like that no if timeout means you know 
in the corner. That doesn't mean in the corner with a bag of rice on your knees. <laughs> yeah, as you see, I read the book again. I read the book. That's not yeah. discipline. Mm -hmm. That's not. That's still abuse. Yeah, you know, and they give them classes, but again, they only take this class because it means to an end. Because again, once I take these classes, I can get my child back. I can get the benefits yeah. back that I was getting. Yeah. I can get my link. Well, back then, you know, we had um, food stamps. I get my food stamps back. I can get my cash back. You know, I can get back to that monthly income. But again, mm -hmm. it's again, it's a means to an end. I, I was missing that check for three weeks. I thought I was cool, but I'm missing that check. So now I want my child back. I want my kid back now. <laughs> I'll take whatever classes, as long as I get my kid back and I get that check back. Yeah. So that's the vicious cycle. Instead of sifting out that, no, you're just doing this, of course, for a check because, again, you 19 years in one case. You were happy. Yeah. Yes. You were happy for for three weeks. You had a moment to scream. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and find a place of peace. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you were brought back home and you said DCFS has a problem with this system of the parent gets it together mm -hmm. and then they can get their child back. Yeah. So yep. that needs to, we need to put a microscope on that. Yes. Hold. yes. Can I read just a small snippet of your story? Sure. Y'all did. I, see, I got my homegirl over here. Murder, she did her homework. Like, did some homework. We weren't playing. I, yes, I told you we weren't playing. Because this is really important and we like to make light of these things, I'm gonna find it here. You guys can continue to speak. Let me find it. Cause it just blew my mind because again, what you will find when you read Nowhere to Call Home, home is that there is a pattern. Mm -hmm. It's and a pattern, mm -hmm. exactly. It's a it's a pattern where Camille is safe and then she's taken from safety and put in a worse situation. Yeah, when they drove up, I was like, what y'all doing, doing here? <laughs> like, what are you doing here? Because they had even put you in school, correct? Yeah. You wasn't going, you going didn't to go school. back to school. So just to highlight a little bit of the pattern that we see in the story of Camille of running away from home, being put into the hands of DCFS to a foster care, to some form of foster care, being taken back home, and then the cycle happening over again. Mm -hmm. The very first time that Camille was brought back home after she had spent the time with the horses, we see mm -hmm. when we got outside the police mm -hmm. station, Mama instantly started banging my head against the brick wall all the way down the sidewalk. My head was hurting so bad, I was no longer able to hear as blood ran down my face. I'm going to pass a little bit. All the peace and happiness I had were crushed. I was back to the web of the destroyer, back to hell. When I got home that night, my stepfather comes creeping in the room where I was sleeping. And then I'll leave the rest up to you guys to read. purchasing the book. Mm -hmm. But immediately, right, right back into hell. This was immediately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you had to survive all over again. Yep. Yeah. You were not the only child in this home. You had siblings. Yes. 
and you were the eldest. You were you were the oldest of your siblings. Yes. What was it like to come back home? Ten years old, oh. and you were the oldest. Yeah. What was it like to come back home? Sorry. No, you're fine. What was it like <laughs> to come back home to your siblings and to this nightmare of a place that you ran away from? You thought you got away. I I did miss my siblings. Um, it was I was scared. I I, re, I I left instantly. I find I found the quickest way that I could run away again, thinking that they would take me back. <laughs> right, thinking that the DCFS would take you back. Yeah. Okay. But they and they, they did take me back. But the next foster home, they put me in a different foster home. They won't take you back to where they to the last foster. Yeah. Home. Why not? Why, why, yeah, why, why, why would they take that? you back? That's and that was and that was well. a great place where you were thriving. You were in uh -huh. school. You were growing. Why wouldn't they take you back to that home where you were? They driving? don't do that. They, they so you said around. that's a problem as yeah. well. Yeah. How do you? Okay, so talk to us about because you're <laughs> high, we're part of largely. A largely of the reason why you wrote this was so that you can expose the loopholes in the system right. and where yes. they can get better. Right. So we already know that they need to take a look at this idea of parents getting themselves together and to take the child back. Right. Mm -hmm. And now we're looking at, I was here at a place that was great for me, and now you're bouncing me to another place. So the bouncing back and forth between several different foster right. homes. Why won't you put me back where right. I was at? Right. Explain to us what what can be done about that, or what what kind of ideas do you have for that? They can give the previous foster parents the option to say she's back in the system. Do you want them back? Right. And you're saying that option at this point. A lot of foster exists. parents complain that they don't get that option. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's painful. <clears throat> yeah. And I'm I'm sure because they've grown attached to these children and <clears throat> they grown you know a part of this child's life and to be snatched away, you know it. It has a bearing on the foster parents too because they know what's happening and now they're wondering what happened to this kid. Like, where is this? And now kid? I can't even. And now I can't contact because are you allowed to contact the foster parents? Um, I talk to my mom all the time. Uh, well, I don't talk, I talk to her all the time. I know where she's at. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but no, not all of them. Oh, so once you're taken from that household you're not even allowed to even really talk to them after that no or? they did make sure i have a horse though they did try they did find me to make sure i had juliet wow oh wow because so they, yeah. they had six horses on their yeah. farms that's amazing mm -hmm. good for them mm -hmm. yeah so every foster care home is not like that of what you've experienced the first time where there were horses mm -hmm. and they cared about you and you thrive they go into thriving Mm -hmm. So now you go into another foster care home and like nights and day. Yeah. Night mm -hmm. looks like what? What would you say night looks like? It's it's read the book. Like y'all gotta get this home. book. Like so please take us through what we are we have day, you know, metaphorically speaking, the sunshine, foster oh, yeah. care parents, and now you have nightmare um foster care parents. So what does that look like in your story? Well, with the first foster care home, I was, she was cooking me huge breakfasts. I, I, I was able to go outside, eat lunch, sit in the grass, play with the horses. I go to the second foster home and they were so nice. And they were like, oh, call me mom. You know, we got to get you some clothes. I'll make sure you eat. I know you're sleepy. This is your bed. 
we're gonna change the sheets for you, whatever you like. And then when DCFS leaves, her voice tone changed instantly. She's like, follow me. And I'm like, what? what? And um, we go in the basement and she she has this dark room and she was like, get in there, nothing. There's no <laughs> bed, there's no toilet, just close the door, just all so again, wall. Yeah. So, and see, this makes me angry because it brings back that system, that vicious cycle of you're only doing this for money. Yeah. You're only doing this for money. Yeah. And they presented you as like, we're going to make her nice and then threw you in a basement. Like a rat in the cage. Yeah. Because the door was locked. Yeah. yeah. Well, they didn't lock the door originally. Mm-hmm. Um, I had came out and mm-hmm. um, I think I was hungry and her husband went off. She, um, she was yelling and screaming, and then he, I think he burned me with cigarettes. Um, and then he took some lighter fluid and like put it all over my head and was about to set me on fire. And they were like, you need to get in there, you can't leave back out. And they, they, were, uh, they were like lowering buckets, I, I will never forget, from the ceiling for me to use the bathroom. Are you serious? Yeah, and um, she would lower food down there. Um, I was I got really sick. Uh, they had I would no imagine blanket, no blankets. It was really I had to sleep on the floor. It was really bad. And that like you spoke of rats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, that messed me up really bad because I mm-hmm. slept on the floor when I was grown for years. I would I had a big huge puppy queen size bed and I would not sleep in it. I was so used to laying on the floor. Yeah. And remind us how old were you at this time that you're in your second. Experience with it was like a year apart, not even a year apart, it was a month. So mm-hmm. you're still like 10, 11, yeah, up in that time frame. Mm-hmm. And you were yanked out, yeah, to go back home, yeah, again. Now, one of the things in the cycle, you point out the cycle, going. and I'm not, I'm not trying to give everyone everything. Please, you guys, pick up the. What happened? That may be able to get saved, so make sure you save it. It's uploading. Okay, so let it upload, and that way you at least have it. And if you need to set, um, start the second part. We're gonna have to start the second part. Okay. Yeah. So it's like commercial break. (laughs) We're gonna break a brief commercial break. We'll be right back. Yeah.